Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. As we continue to celebrate the launch of season three of the Power of Stories podcast, I am so very excited to be talking with my dear friend and usually our co-host, Yodit Kifle-Smith, who has agreed to share some of her inspiring stories with all of you. You know a bit about Yadit from the insightful questions that she asks and from her own episode recorded way back in July of 2021. Much has changed in Yadit's life since then, in addition to her roles as a daughter, sister, wife, and friend to many. Yadit now is also the mother of a precious daughter. Yadit is joining us from her home in California in the USA. And I am so thrilled to be talking with you. Welcome, Yadit. Thank you. I'm excited to share some stories. Tell us about your life now. (laughs) This new role as a mom has definitely been something that has changed me in, in a lot of ways. I mean, as far as just What's new is like I'm running after a 16-month-year-old and playing with her and and just learning to see the world through her eyes, which has been a a beautiful thing. Um, And just I'm always in awe, just watching a little child like grow right in front of me. Yeah, I mean, that's been kind of like my everydays. uh, But I think something new in my life that I'm just realizing more and more is just how much I'm facing fears and overcoming them. I think as a mom, as a parent, I don't know, I I feel like having a child is something that's very just sobering because you're like, oh my goodness, like their life is in my hands. Just learning how to do things afraid. I didn't realize how much fear I had in regards to like how well I parent and how well she turns out and all these things that I'm thinking about, like, how do I travel? How do I do this? How do I do that? I'm just learning that like when I do it afraid on the other side, I met with, you can do this. So that that's kind of been the the theme of my life. Like you can do this girl, you got it. But she's a lot of fun. You can do this and you are doing this. And I am doing it, right? (laughs) Let's circle back to that point about fear because it is so pervasive in many people's lives. How do you actually do things when you are afraid? Well, a a big part is just trusting God um, and just the the strength that he gives or the grace that he gives just to meet me in those places. I think with fear that I'm learning, you know, there is the intrusive thoughts that come, at least for me, that come into my mind. And so most of them, if I'm being honest, are irrational. (laughs) I'm not saying that fear has to be irrational because fear is very real. And so these are thoughts. They're not factual. They're just thoughts. And so how do you differentiate between like 
actual things that could be fact. Um, for example, traveling with a baby is is not easy. And I remember the very first time we traveled, this was back in December when we were visiting family in DC. And so that's a, you know, a five hour, six hour flight. My daughter was um, almost seven months. The fear was real because I'm just thinking about all the things that could go wrong. And then a lot of the times the fear was more about how other people are going to respond if she's crying or if she's having a hard time, like just those things. And so I had to really sit and say, okay, what's facts about like your fear with this and what's just irrational, right? And the irrational part is you're just thinking about what others are going to say and you have no idea, right? Like you're, you're, you're looking at maybe scenarios from movies where babies are crying and people are complaining, like, you know, just those are things that are irrational. And so the things that I can control is how do I prepare well so that if something were to happen, we're prepared. And I was afraid, like the whole time I was anxious and, and fearful. Um, but then getting on the other side, I'm like, oh, we did it. And actually there were other babies on the plane crying and their parents did it. And I saw a mom with five kids and she's doing it. That to me was one of those things that like after doing it afraid, I saw maybe we can do something now, like in regards to just like, okay, we ended up seeing how well she did. And so we're like, all right, let's book another trip this summer. We ended up going to visit friends in Sweden for the summer. And when I talk to people, they're like, you take your daughter to Sweden, like on a long flight. And I'm like, yes, because I overcame that fear. And I had, you know, certain anxiousness with this one. But because of experience, I knew this is irrational. This is rational. Let's work on it. So that's just an example. I mean, there's others, but that's just an example of like what I feared and what I did and how I came out on the other side, what caused me to do something, you know, different. Throughout your pregnancy and in childbirth and in the early days of being a mom and being a new mom inspired you to reach out to help other women on their path through those phases of life. And I am amazed at the work that you are doing in this space. Will you tell our listeners about how you are helping other women? After walking through, you know, my first year of motherhood, I just had this idea that said, you know, honestly, we talk to mothers about the first year of motherhood as they're going through their first year of motherhood, as opposed to how can we share stories with expecting moms, you know, in on their journey of pregnancy to prepare. And so that's when the idea came of just being able to create a space to talk with pregnant women and share stories not to, and I remember, you know, I've talked to you about this, one of the biggest fears of creating the space was to make sure it didn't come off like I was taking the joy out of your first year of motherhood. Because some of the stories, I mean, to me, it was more just so, no, these are things that are likely to happen within the phases of your mental health, within your physical healing, within the relational dynamics you may experience, or just your own spiritual journey. But then I would talk to moms, pregnant moms, like, oh my gosh, like that would be great. You know, I want to know. And so creating this space for me was a way to just help other moms understand and be mentally prepared for what could happen. Not every story is the same. And so it wasn't to say this is going to happen, but there were just certain things that I learned after my first year of motherhood of like, oh, I didn't realize like my brain physically changes when I'm pregnant and when I have a baby, which then explains some of the things that I go through. And so knowing that to me would have, I think, helped me walk through 
these emotional of like, just I found myself crying all the time. Well, that's, that's normal. Don't feel like you're abnormal or realizing that as moms, there's so many things that we think about was well, because our prefrontal cortex actually expands in a way that causes us to be able to really think about so many things at once. Creating the space has shown me the power of not being afraid to share our experiences, to share our stories, because honestly, it really will help another person. And I've talked to several moms who have said, I wasn't even thinking about any of these. And I think just knowing about it is going to help me walk through this next season, just better prepared. And so to me, that's all I could ask for. I wish I had that for me for my first year of motherhood. I'd like to understand and help our listeners understand though, you talk about creating the space, but what is the space that you created? Yes. (laughs) Well, the space was created on on Zoom. So, so I had these this four part conversation that talked specifically about different areas, and I, I mentioned it: mental, physical, relational, and spiritual. And so, I invited moms who I knew personally, um, who I admired, and who are authentic with their journeys, to be able to come on. And I, I facilitated just the questions and and the questions that new moms were, who are joining to ask, even though it was virtual in the sense of like, you know, using Zoom, what it did for me and I think for other moms was create yet another kind of like community for, for moms who may not even have community. And I didn't realize aloneness is something that moms experience that even if you do have community in the sense of like people in your life, there is still something about that journey that still kind of makes you feel alone. And I say that only if you don't feel empowered or comfortable to share your stories. So I think keeping your stories makes you feel more alone, even in a community with other people than if you even had one person where you were sharing your story, being able to connect with other moms in other states or other countries. And then I realized because we were sharing stories, it just kind of created more of this bond. So when you talk about this series of four workshops that you developed where women came and told their stories to new moms, what you're talking about is actually sharing their experiences, like what they really experienced. Mm -hmm as Mm -hmm. opposed to a romanticized version of what people think one experiences. What was the reaction then of new moms who who were listening and participating in these workshops? Just across the board, it was just, I really needed this. And again, it it wasn't like these horrid stories. It was just more like these moms saying, I didn't realize I would experience these kind of thoughts. And so if you find yourself experiencing these kind of thoughts, here are some tools that can help you. And so they were opportunity for expecting moms to just even be prepared for the transition. And what I learned that just even helped me realize like the language I was using for these sessions and just even my own journey um, is actually called matrescence, which I didn't even know there was a term. And so it's very equivalent to like adolescence, right? With adolescence, it's an ongoing journey of growth in all areas of your life that is not an overnight thing. Matrescence is similar. It's this transition into motherhood that affects all parts of your life, but it doesn't happen overnight. Like you're going to walk through it. And so to me, it was like, oh, wow, there's an actual term that describes these things that we're walking through. 
and I've never heard of it. <laughs> when I shared that with the women, it really like kind of gave this, oh, okay, so my transition into motherhood has these terms and these experiences that is very normal and a part of the process. And so that helped a lot of moms. I mean, moms have reached out to me and was just like, can you do more? Like, can you have a specific session on this and that? And so I honestly didn't create these sessions to be like, oh, I'm going to actually create more things. It was like, I just saw a need and I just wanted to do something about it. I wonder how you had the courage to say the stories that I am going to share are going to be honest and realistic and candid, not to have women be afraid, but to have them understand there are so many things that happen that are not described in those stories that are so polished and so positive about any experience. How did you do that? I remember having the conversation with my best friend about the fear. And I said, I don't want to take away from the joy. And she said, Yo, do you, you're actually adding to their joy when you are telling the truth, when you're being honest and vulnerable. I remember that nugget. We don't do anyone a disservice when we romanticize things. And I think to me, everything in this world is romanticized, <laughs> you know, <laughs> marriage, motherhood. So what you end up doing is creating this kind of like, yes, it's a beautiful thing, but then you're not helping other people understand like the substance. Losing sleep does not make anyone happy, <laughs> you know, and like <laughs> it just physically and emotionally and mentally, like it does a lot of things to us. And so I think for me, that piece of nugget of just you're adding to the to their joy of motherhood when you're preparing someone for another season, that was what I remembered. Because you know what happened to me because it was so romanticized when I experienced a hardship, I got angry. <laughs> I got upset. Like, why didn't anyone tell me about certain things? And then I also doubted whether or not I was doing this right. Okay, if it's supposed to be all beautiful, then am I doing something wrong that is not allowing me to experience the be- all of the beauty of it? You know, that to me was a big part. Something can be a beautiful experience because through the hardship, you're also seeing the reward as well, you know, but you, but we do need help. The hardest thing for me was asking for help because if I asked for help, that means I had to admit that certain things were hard and that's just the story of my life. And I'm still, you know, learning what it looks like to ask for help, you know, realize like I can't do it on my own. I don't have to do it on my own. I don't have to pretend I'm strong enough to do it on my own. With this journey, when you even just take a step back and think about all that's happening, it's like, yeah, of course it would be hard. But why are we only showing these very glamorized pictures? Like I remember on Instagram, just seeing new moms with their like five week baby out and about. And it took me like two months to feel comfortable for me personally to be out with her by myself. Like it took me a long time to even drive with her. I'm trying to meet some expectation that doesn't exist, but I've created it because I think, oh, wow, like if I'm not out and about with my five-week-year-old, like am I, is something wrong with me with sharing these stories with, with other moms and having other moms who've experienced it share their stories? It just created a place for new moms to feel like, okay, if I walk through this, at least I know I'm not alone. To me, that was the most important thing. At least you know you're not alone. And at least you know that you can reach out to someone and have someone who understands, say, 
you're right where you need to be and nothing is wrong with you. It's a powerful theme that we have often discussed that we read in the stories that women share at sayitforward.org mm-hmm. that they so often say, I am sharing this story so other women and girls will realize that they are not alone. And it's a, it's a beautiful motivation. What advice do you have for <laughs> any listener who has difficulty asking others for help? when I've humbled myself and said, okay, like I do need help on the other side. I'm always met with absolutely like, of course, you know, so I think the narrative that we keep playing in our heads about how others are going to respond to our asking, it has to change. Cause I think that to me was a block. It was just like, I'm, I'm going to be met with inconveniencing someone versus like remembering there's always someone that's more than willing to help. And so for me, it was just the, the pride of being truthful with myself. Like you do need help. <laughs> what are some new ways that you've learned to take care of yourself while you are taking care of others? When she was first born, My parents were here helping. And I remember every morning I would just literally for 10 to 15 minutes, just sit out in the backyard and just let the sun just hit me. I remember how good that felt for me, you know? And so being able to just do little things that bring you joy throughout the day or just throughout the week, because yeah, life changes and the things that you once were able to do, you, you may not be able to do to me having whether it was like that five or 10 minutes of just reading the Bible and just getting just truth in me was just very important. My husband was able to to finish off his paternity leave by taking off Fridays. And so for me in in another season, right? Like it wasn't in the beginning, but it was somewhere in the middle of, of my first year of motherhood where I was able to take Fridays and just kind of go sit at a coffee shop. And then just recently I was able to get away for two days with my girlfriends and just you know, have a great time. And so, yeah, just learning that in every season, it's going to look different. It's going to be five minutes, one season, it's going to be a day and another season, it's going to be two days in another season. Um, So yeah, that's how I've learned. So this is the 66th episode that we are Mm -hmm. recording. And there is one question that we agree that we would ask every guest. It's the only question that we always ask every guest. And so, Yodit, how can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? We can encourage girls and women to use their voice confidently and claim their power by not trying to see how we can do it on a on in a big scale, but how we can just do it for the person that's like right next to us. If that's my sister, if that's my friend, how am I taking the time to recognize, you know, value in my sister, value in my friend? And how am I taking the time to not just take it for granted because they're in proximity, but to encourage them daily, weekly, however we have conversations. And so I think I'm learning, I don't need to do it for everybody. I can but how am I first doing it for the people that are right next to me? Yadit, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you so much for your friendship, for sharing your wisdom with me. And today, I am so grateful. And thanks to listeners who have taken the time 
to spend with us over uh, the first 66 episodes mm-hmm. of the Power of Stories podcast. And also big, big thanks to Lisa D. Javine, the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast. Yudit, is there anything that you would like to say as we wrap up? No, just thank you. Thank you for this time. And it's always a gift. And so thank you for for being who you are. And thank you to those who are listening. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino. And Yodit Kifle-Smith. Signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.